Hello, Kim, the atomic mommy. Where were you when my kids were younger? I love you. <laughs> How are you? I am good. Thank you. Hi. Um, I don't know where I was. I guess I was probably doing real estate, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was still gonna do real say, estate on the side, but, you know. I was going to say, thing. wow. I mean, hopefully now that we have you, nobody's going to have to struggle. But the insight that you give new moms and new parents really is second to none. I mean, I know we share a lot of commonalities. Number one is that we both have four children, right? <laughs> yeah, that's Obviously, right. Different ages, different stages. But I, I'm so intrigued by what you have done and what you have accomplished. And the wealth of knowledge that you are putting out there is incredible. Talk to me. So you, I, I want to hear your story from start to finish. And I want <laughs> to know sort of how you got, I know your story. I want our listeners <laughs> to hear the amazing things you did during COVID. So do tell. Okay. I mean, um, it's, uh, it's a little bit morbid, so I'll keep that part short. I promise. Um, COVID hit really bad. I was in real estate already for a decade. Loved what I did, but I was, you know, draining myself 80, 90 hours a week. You know, most realtors will tell you that's what the life is, right? Um, and then I got really sick with COVID at the time that they didn't know what COVID was. And I hadn't gone to China or any of those places to, to get sick. And I have severe asthma. And I have an autoimmune disorder. So I got hit really hard. Oh, and yes. I was sick for probably a month and a half with COVID itself before I got hit with viral pneumonia. And it was back to back. So I was scared, obviously. My family was scared. Um, but I was getting really, I was getting worse. I wasn't getting any better. And at Were one you point. in hospital? Were you in hospital, like on and off? No. Or you were at home? No, at that time, I was. it was so scary to even think about going to the hospital. I'm sure you remember, like everybody was either dying in the hospital or on the way to the hospital. I was like, no, I want to die at home if I'm going to die. So I'd rather be surrounded by my kids, you know, and my, and my husband. So with that said, I was, I felt like I was on my last breaths. It really did. I felt like I was just going to go wherever I was going to go after I was done. And, um, something hit me one night and I was just like, wow, I have no legacy for my kids. I haven't, I've worked my whole life to give them this better life, but I've never really been able to enjoy life with them. Let them watch me enjoy life at me as a woman, as their mother. And it hit me really hard an emotional thing. And while I was on my last few breaths, I thought what I was going to was going to be on. I was like, God, if I survive this, I will turn my whole life around. And I did. And I survived. I didn't think I was going to survive. Right. But I did. Of and course. I all around. And that is so profound. Everybody has that moment, you know, when you change your life. And that's what I wanted you to share with our listeners, because I think so many people are have to maybe be on, let's just say what you considered your deathbed to make these promises to God or to the universe or whomever you, um, whoever's your higher power. But, you know, how incredible is it because of where you are? But I think sort of 
something I'm taking away is you don't have to be on your deathbed because I bet you this idea didn't just come to you then. You've been thinking about it and going, oh my God, I wish I could. And oh my goodness, if I could only leave this beautiful legacy and help hundreds and thousands or millions of new moms or moms in general, uh, I would do it. But I can't because I have the bills, I have the kids, I have the this and the that. But uh -huh. something you're right. The universe pushed you to say, this is your time. That's right. You are correct. So I will say this for um, probably my entire life. I've always been a writer. I've always wanted to share stories. I've always wanted to help other people. I never knew how to make it happen, you know, put it into fruition. Right. And I didn't realize that everything I was going through prior to making this big life transformative decision was actually leading me to that moment, was helping me create and build these skills I needed to fashion isn't, the life of my dreams. Isn't hindsight beautiful? It is. It really is. It's a true blessing. I will say that it really is because some people don't realize this until it's too late, unfortunately, or they think that they'll never get to that point. And you know, I want to make it very clear that I did have a dream. I had a dream a long time ago and I gave up and I failed on it numerous, numerous times. And I'm going to say probably hundreds, maybe even thousands of times. But when push came to shove, I was like, forget it. I'm going to do it anyway. And look at where it brought me just by making that single turnaround. I so love I'm, I'm that. so excited to share that. I'm so excited too, because you know what? You are hope you are evidence that you can live your dreams and i'm a huge advocate for living your dreams and a really important thing you said i doubt it was hundreds and thousands of times but maybe it felt like that for you but because you're still very young but <laughs> the point is you could have failed that many times but you know we we talk a lot about failure and we talk about not reaching goals and I want to say two things. Number one, I feel personally that people should look at failure as redirection. I don't even know what the word failure means, not because I haven't failed hundreds and thousands of times. And but it's <laughs> about setting your goals. Right. And it's like, who's yeah. setting your goals? Is it, you know, your higher power or is it you? Well, it's you. So you get to change that goal, That's you know, right. and if you wanted to reach here by, you know, September, 2023, and you didn't, you get to move that forward. That's not a failure in my eyes. That's to right. me, that's readjusting your plan. And we that's read right. our business plan, our personal plan, our parenting mommy plan. We have to readjust and continue to reinvent ourselves all the time. So why don't we as women give ourselves that permission? What do you say? I think because we're so busy giving everyone the life that they need and we feel like we have to be everything to everyone all the time and we forget about ourselves and who we were before we were moms and wives and parents and friends and, and daughters. We don't realize what we want because we spend our whole lives living up to this made up goal that we have to make everyone else happy when really we also have to make ourselves happy because how are our kids going to know what happy looks if we're not happy? So I think that's really important. 150%. And I also feel too, what you're saying is sort of in a nutshell, self-care, self-love. Yes. And right. we really, this conversation comes around with every, you know, mother, entrepreneur, with kids, without kids, doesn't matter. 
uh, if you have children or not, as women or and as females, we feel we are the caretaker uh-huh. of people external to us. And how are we going to care for them? Like you said, if we're not caring for ourselves, we have to be the best we can be. And we're always last to give to ourselves. And it took me a very long time and lots of illnesses like yourself, which we're not going to get into because we don't have the time <laughs> right now. Um, to realize that self-care is so important. Uh, I share this story with numerous people. Uh, Somebody explained it to me this way. You know, when you're on a plane and you're taking off and they tell you that wonderful story of should anything happen and the air masks uh, drop or the oxygen masks drop, you know, and you're traveling with younger elderly people, put your mask on first. I was always very annoyed. I'm like, these people who ever wrote that must not be a parent because there's That's no right. way now <laughs> I'm putting on my mask first there, you know, I'll go down before they do. And then somebody brought that analogy to me and said, so let's just play this out. So you put their masks on and you pass away. And I'm like, why would you say that? And they're like, because the stress and the pressure and everything else that you're putting on yourself to take care of them first has not served you. And since you're the major caregiver to the children, to the husband, to the family unit, to the business, how can you be okay if you're not caring for yourself? So I love your message. I love that. Cause I think you, you realize that through your own personal growth. And that's what that's I right. wanted you to share with our listeners, because I think that is the best advice and women, I think, feel guilty. Did you feel guilty at all sort of following your dreams? Oh my God, all the time. I mean, I still, I still do. I'm not going to lie. I still do. And I think most entrepreneurs, even women who have made it definitely have small bouts of guilt because that's, that's who we are inside. We're, we're caregivers. We love to give our love and I feel guilt on a regular basis. So I combat that with, okay, what did I do for them? And now what did I schedule for myself? What did I schedule for my husband? And I make a point, and I know that people are going to laugh at this when they hear this. I make a point to schedule in my phone, in my planner, time for me, time for dates with my husband, time for dates with my kids, time to read, time to nap. Because I feel like there's not enough time in the day all the time for moms. And we have so much to do. But we forget about ourselves so often. And then in turn, everything around us starts like a tornado. I'd rather have it all scheduled. Yeah, I'd rather have it all scheduled. I don't think anybody's going to laugh. I, in my opinion, for me, time management was my worst enemy for years. And I couldn't figure out why I was so successful in so many aspects in my life, but I never had enough time. You want to know why? Exactly what you just said time management and if we schedule in the date nights naps i still haven't scheduled in fyi (laughs) i don't know maybe uh 20 years from now i'll have i'm not a napper anyways but just to your point scheduling in time for you what makes you happy is so important i you know i used to have two calendars i'd have the kids event calendar i'd have like the family calendar i'd have my phone calendar you've got all this stuff and you're right. You know, people would sit down and, and it would, it would happen often, but I wasn't really listening to be quite honest with you. And when I was going through these certain times and things in my life, 
it was actually my GP who just retired, who I love immensely and respect and has helped me for decades in my life through these times. You know, I'd say, oh, well, this and my mom and my kids and my husband. And he sat back and he said, who's looking after you? And I just said, wow, I am. And then all tears welded up in my eyes. And he's like, uh-huh. And what do you do for you? And I'm like, well, I look after everybody else. I don't really have. And it's those moments where somebody calls you out that you respect or that you love and calls you out in a respectful way. You you have to also be, I think, ready to listen. Do, that's would you true. Say that's a fair statement. It is a very fair statement to me, because if you would have told me 10 or 15 years ago that I'd be here, I would have been like, not possible. I have too many bills. I've got four kids. It's not going to happen. Honestly, if you're not ready to listen, there's it's no one can tell you. No one can tell you. You have to experience your own growth at your own rate. And while you want to be you like you tell yourself, I'm open to anything that anybody says I'm open. I can flow. The reality is, is that we're so busy, like trying to live the life that we built that we don't realize that sometimes we have we're not that great at listening to other people because we feel like we're the 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 absorber, you know, like the sponge, like the dish, dish soap sponge that everyone tells us their problems. We come up with solutions, but if anybody tells us, forget it. <laughs> it's yeah, like, exactly. no, don't tell me. Well, it's, you know, I'm going to sort of refer it to something that's right up your, your alley. And obviously mine as well. I'll never forget my first child going to my pediatrician who, again, I absolutely adore him. He's got three kids. His wife is the head of pediatrics. Um, at a very well-renowned hospital. So I have a lot of respect for both of them. They were there for all four of my children's birth. Nevertheless, you know, I talked to him, I'd come in and my eyes are hanging down to my face. He's like, you know, so is baby so-and-so sleeping through the night. I'm like, no. And he's like, have you ever thought of the crying it out method? I'm like, absolutely not. I will never bring my child any kind of tears or pain. You know, he's going to have a hard enough, like it was one of those. And he's, yeah. like, mm -hmm. he's like, I'll see you in a few months. Sure enough, a few months later, more bags. Now I'm up to six or seven coffees a day because I am just not sleeping. And I just thought, you know what? I said, okay, I'm ready to listen. I wasn't ready to hear it then. And he just basically said, you know, there's certain things in life that humans cannot be taught. This mm -hmm. is one of them. I'm like, but he's like four months old. What, like, why, does, why do I have to give the tough love now? I was thinking teenage years, right? And he's like, because this is something you cannot, it's not like your ABCs that you can teach them at this age to fall asleep. They have to self-soothe self and they have to be able to fall asleep. Sure enough, you know, three, four nights into it, he was sleeping like a baby. I was crying like a two-year-old because I felt <laughs> right. But, yeah. you know, after that, and then the more multiple kids you have, it was just like, it was so easy. But, you know, I, I feel like what we're talking about sort of is the same, that you have to be ready to listen and you have to be ready to self-soothe yourself through uh -huh. certain, you know, hills, valleys, and obstacles. Yeah, you know what? It's a, it's funny that you say that because if you can't self-soothe through these obstacles, um, you sort of become your own worst enemy. And I'll give you a personal example. Please. About about eight months ago, I decided that my next expansion was going to be family events. I was going to plan family events, right? And it went it went off great. It did. It went off fantastic. And out of maybe like I had like 800 people attend and about 105 vendors go. Wow. Um, 
out of all those numbers, I had two ticket holders complain and email me, and I had five vendors not happy. And because I grew up being a people pleaser, I thought the worst of my event. I, I ended up like suffering trauma, like PTSD almost afterwards. Like yes. I had done this terrible thing. But then I, but then I read a book. I don't even remember the name of the book. I read a book about entrepreneurs. And if you're a people pleaser, you sort of can't really run a company properly because you'll try to please everyone. And the reality is you're never going to please everybody. The goal is to have the like most of something be great and a very small percentage might come back negative and you have to be okay with that. And it took me, I think three months of rereading that over and over again. That's to stop it. punishing myself. That's it. Yeah. Three, three months. months. Oh, you're stronger than me, girl. And probably <laughs> a lot of other entrepreneurs because, you know, somebody same, you know, I help hundreds and thousands of people a year and it would be that one or two you know, percent that will come back to you and they'll either complain about something that you had absolutely yeah. no control over. It's like, I know you thought he was cheating and I, you know, I kind of thought you'd be happy. He's not, um, you know, we did our job, we did everything. And then some, and then somebody finally told me somebody I very much admire and respect that you can't make everybody happy all of the time. And I said, yes, but I strive for excellence. And they're like, that's fine. Strive for excellence all you want. Look at a company like Apple. They have something like a one or 2% complaint rate. And it's Apple. And it's Apple. And it's Apple. I say, it's not, <laughs> you know, it's not me. So I think adopting that sort of attitude, like what you said, that there will always be what I like to call outside influences and there will mm -hmm. be outside influences. And I think if you take whatever is said and my mother, I always share this as well is always said, uh, it's not what they say. It's who says it. If it's somebody you really respect and it's something that is valid, I still say, be curious of what they said and really look inside yourself how you could have done better you mm -hmm. may find something it could be something right it could be nothing yeah, of course but be curious about it and then put it on the shelf and i mean again if it keeps happening you really do need to look at your business model or something but then i also feel empathy not sympathy but empathy for people that come back and say something whether it's negative or it hurts our feelings or it's hate, because I always look at, geez, I wonder what they're going through to actually yeah. be able to come and say that to a human being. You know, again, there's a way, like you said, to speak to somebody um, in a way that's going to be respectful. That's right. You're not wrong. I think, I think the other thing is, is that we also have to have empathy for ourselves because as entrepreneurs, we do, we do strive for excellence, but we're also just humans and we're going to make errors along the way. You know, absorbing feedback is really important to be able to move on to the next phase of growth, right? Um, but you have to be careful what feedback you take, because if you take all of it, then you could be changing your whole system, and it might be a system that already works and functions great. So you want to be very careful in analyzing what feedback you do take, and also, you know, have empathy for yourself, because at the end of the day, you have to run your company. And that, that, that's something I learned, because there's some, there might be some merit to what they're saying. So let me pick out what 
is going to work that was and what's my, not going to work. Yeah. And that was just my thing about being curious. And like yeah. I said, but, but also with the mindset that you cannot make a hundred percent people happy all the time. And you have, you know, people would always say to me, you know, don't take it's business. It's not personal. Yeah. And I'm like, but it is personal to me. And they're like, then you will never survive. And yeah. you know, survive heard that too. Meaning like just being okay in your own skin because you will take everything personally and it will destroy you in the end. Meaning you just will not be living a happy, true, authentic life because you will always be trying to make a hundred percent of the people happy all the time. It's not possible. Apple hasn't even, you know, been Done able it, yeah. to make that, that, uh, you know, success or whatever you want to call it. I think it's not reality. So the way that I look at it is you are going to have some people that are not going to be okay with whatever you did, but 800 people and five vendors. Wow. Kudos to you. And I think you have to try to do what works for you. The thing that I admire so much about one of the many things I admire so much about you is that you do try and it's not like throwing in the towel. Oh my God, this doesn't work. I'm done. You're yeah. kind of, okay. I look at failures and rejection, door slammed in our face, nose as redirection. So you probably redirect it because that is a big undertaking. Part of my business used to be public relations and events. I know what goes into small events and big events, the exact same work. It's just yeah. more people, <laughs> more things, right? So it was a lot. So you shifted and you shifted back to the online, like, Atomic Mommy is just the encyclopedia, the Google, if you will, of all great things pertaining to parenting. I love it. And again, not everybody's going to do or um, agree with 100% of That's what right. you have put out there, but you've put out so many variables, which is so interesting to me. You just haven't pigeonholed it into saying, well, this is what works for me because knowing you've got four kids, right? And imagine yeah. having 4 million kids, every person, every child is very individual. So I feel right. like with Atomic Mommy, you've kind of put out there so much wonderful tidbits and, and breadcrumbs that, you know, people can take from here, take from here, and they can sort of create their own, if you will. That's true. I did. Um, when I first started it, I saw, um, I guess you could say a little, a little area and the area that I noticed a website for moms there was a website for dads there was a website for babies you know like all babies um what i didn't see is one stop shop for parents to just search everything that they want to talk about and the parentage journey is so vast and so different around the world i was like wouldn't it be great if somebody could just come on my site look up you know something in say japan for parents and it there it goes but at the same time a mom in California is doing the same thing and looking up nearby parks that she, they can go to with their kids. I thought, wow, that would be awesome. And I just started growing that vision, you know, and it's, it's for me, three years is, is slow because I'm in the thick of it, but I've, so from what people tell me, three years is fast. So um, three years I is very fast, very fast. And I, you, I, it's been, it's been sorry, kind of fun. I think there's a little no, bit of a delay here. My apologies. Go ahead. It's been really fun just to see how it grows and things like that. And and honestly, the event side of it, I took a pause for now mm -hmm. and I will get into it. And it's part of my like three-year plan right now to come back to it. 
I so love it's there. That. <laughs> I love that. That is resilience. That is fearlessness. And that is somebody that has such a mindset that, you know, really should be bottled and sold because just because, like I said, it didn't work today for you. For And when I say didn't work, I don't know the parameters around it. We don't even need to discuss it. But I love the fact that you said, maybe that's going to go on the shelf and it's a longer term plan, but that's I'm right. going to come back to it. And, you know, same with the I Am Unbreakable podcast and magazine events and all the fun stuff uh, and the workshops and the talks that we're going to be doing that I'm very proud to say that you're going to be involved with. Yay! Uh, will- <laughs> will be, you know, in the, in the forefront, but like you said, you're building your brand and you realize it's a whole new undertaking and it's something that you're going to continue to do, but just not now. No, doesn't mean no forever. It just means not now in a bit later three-year plan. I love that. I (laughs) feel so blessed that we met and I wanted to ask you sort of in closing, what was, I know you've shared one, but what was your biggest struggle that you were able to overcome as a woman in business, as well as a woman looking after four children? Oh, the biggest, one of the biggest, I would say was rejection. I've always, as I said before, I I used to be a huge people pleaser and that affected every aspect of my life. And that included starting this business and included in real estate, even as a mother, you know, I never wanted to be rejected by my kids or my, my husband or in-laws or anything. Um, And that left little room to make mistakes and to learn how to recover from those mistakes and implement solutions to go past that. And so that was one of my biggest hurdles to really do that. I've worked really hard on myself to make sure that it gets easier as I come by, but I'm noticing that this last year has really been the big one to really grow inside internally and create this mental strength um, and emotional strength that I I didn't even realize I had. Um, You've got it, girl. I I can see it. It's there's this light inside of me now. So I've, I like I used to hit. Remember when we were talking about the other day about like clicking? Oh, just hit send and then message somebody. And that a lot of people don't have that tenacity or courage to do so. Well, in the beginning, three years ago, I was like, oh, I got one no. Okay, so I'm gonna take a break. Now I I can hit send a thousand times and get a no a thousand times and I still go for thousand and one because I've created that. that toughness. I love that the toughness, but I also feel. Uh, coming from you and I I've known you a short time and that is how we connected you reached out to me and I was like I love this woman and I went (laughs) through your Instagram and everything like that and we started to talk and we instantly connected we have so many similarities we won't bore everybody with right yet we'll do that next podcast (laughs) Um, but I feel like your energy and your self-confidence see I see that and I think that is so valuable as an entrepreneur, as a mother, but as a human and as a woman. And look what you're modeling and look at the legacy you're leaving for your children, which is, and I know you, I think a little bit to be able to say, I bet you, you say the same thing, what I say to my kids. I'm like, make mistakes. That's how you learn. Make, Uh you know, it's okay to fail a test or it's okay not to do well on a test. What did you learn from it? So now you're giving yourself that permission. God love you. 
Well, thank you. And it uh, took a long time to get here, I would say, but I got here and I didn't give up. <laughs> uh, I love that. Thank you so much. Big hugs and kisses to you. Thank you so much for joining us. And we'll be seeing a lot more of Kim at uh, Atomic Mommy. So if people want to get a hold of you, how do they do that? Well, you can find me on Instagram at Atomic underscore Mommy, or you can visit my website, AtomicMommy.net. Um, and that's pretty much it. <laughs> I love that. And we'll also include a link down below. Thank you. I really you, appreciate Adrian. you and your time. Bye. <laughs> Bye.